I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Prep Phase podcast brought to you by Predator Gaming. I am Asa Pyrite, one of the Tier 1 casters for Rainbow Six Siege. I'm joined by my colleague Hap, fellow caster as well. And we also have one of the players from G2. It's going to be Doki joining us today. How are you doing, Doki? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, very well. Enjoying the heat in Paris, but sort of ready to get home as well. It's a bit warm, isn't it, Hap? It is definitely warm. It's getting even warmer tomorrow. 40 degrees. So I'm, I'm happy to be going home in that soaring heat back to a nice 26 in the Netherlands. Yeah, you won't be seeing much of that in Glasgow, I wouldn't have thought, though, okay? Is it, oh, let no, me mate. guess, is it muggy? A little bit of cloud? It's muggy. It's rainy. I'm looking outside just now. It's changing every minute. Uh, it's, it's not nice here. It's not nice. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Doki. Obviously, we've done quite a, a few of these interviews now, and it's been really fascinating insight, I think, for everybody to get an opportunity to just, you know, hear about players, learn a little bit more, um, you know, maybe things that we didn't know. So, I mean, if you could just start us off with a, a little bit of an introduction to yourself, maybe, you know, where you stand at the minute and how you got into Siege. So, uh, for those that don't know, I'm Doki. Um I'm entry fragger for G2 Esports in the EUL, which is like the tier one of uh, Rainbow Six Esports in Europe. Um, how did I start? I started playing in like the lower league division of the national scene in the UK, which is now the NPL, uh, before it was uh, UKIN. And um, basically I hopped from a few teams around uh, in there. Uh, finally made it into a team called Eminem, where I qualified for uh, Challenger League. Uh, and after that, we won the Challenger League, qualified for Pro League. Uh, <laughs> I joined I joined uh, Navi, and then I got transferred recently to G2 around what, four months ago, maybe. Quite, a, quite. A, I remember the the UK days. Quite a varied. Like obviously, coming through Vexed um, as one of the one of the early teams. I remember um, at one of the the UK Premlands. Um, you played uh, played on Vex just before you switched across to Eminem. Um, I mean, just like, you know, even more basic than that. Siege itself. What what got you into what got you into the game? What attracted you to Siege? You know, was it sort of friends just got you playing it, or what made you pick it up? Pretty much just friends got me into it. Um, I didn't really play that much competitive FPS before it. Um, but then uh, a few of my friends one night, it came out in like early tw- late 2015. The alpha or the beta was released, I think. Um, so I was like 15 at the time. I was very young. I'm 22 now. Um, and uh, they said to me, let's try this game. And I tried it. And I swear to God, I didn't stop playing it Like since I've not played much other games uh since like it's kind of before siege came out it was like a different part of my life and then i just dropped that behind and just <laughs> went on the siege the siege wagon and uh, and here we are so yeah I, I think quite a lot of people in the community have that where siege is like it came out when they were like starting to become those teenagers like 15 16 it changed their life i don't think we have to ask you how it changed your life because you obviously became a pro player and you make a living with it but 
Did you ever expect anything like that when you first played Siege? Was it like love on first sight and you knew that that's what you wanted to go for? Or is it like two, three years later down the line you decided, you know what, let's just give it a try? I think when I started playing Siege, there wasn't an esports scene uh, instantly. But it was just, you know, you played ranked. That was it. And uh, I remember I was getting very good at it. I was becoming like one of the top players. Uh, top players in in like the ranked scene, I guess at the time. Um, this was like really early on in the game, and eventually, I think I just started watching the the pro league broadcasts. And obviously, I I couldn't do it because I was still young. I had to wait like another two years before I turned eighteen or whatever. Um, but uh, I was I, I don't know. I just I guess I got hooked on competition and stuff. It wasn't a goal of mine to be a pro player. I would say, uh, you know, I was studying and stuff and working so. Uh, it wasn't a goal, I would say, of mine to become this esports pro. Uh, I guess it just happened, and I'm glad it did happen because you're right; it definitely changed my life. Um, so I'm very proud to to be where I am just now. Just a small question about you starting out. Actually, it's just struck me as something that I don't actually know the answer to. I've, obviously, I've spent a little bit of time with you, Doki, so I know quite a few, you know, quite a few things. But did you start out on console or was it straight to PC? Because a lot of our pros started out on on console on Xbox and PlayStation. But was it straight to PC for you? I, I, I'm not a console noob, Ace. No, if, that, <laughs> if that's what you're asking me, if that's what you're asking, no. I've been on PC since I was. Uh, let me think. I think 12, like 2012, I got my PC. So I've been playing on PC now for 10 years. Uh, probably more, to be honest. I've been playing on my dad's PC and stuff before that. So uh, I did have a console when I was like a young kid, like seven or eight or something, but it was only to play like, you know, FIFA and stuff like that. So I wasn't like any competitive gamer or anything. No, so I've been playing Siege PC 100% of the time. Interesting one. Uh, something that I wanted to ask um, around the sort of the shift to to becoming a pro you know the shift to just before coming a pro really because obviously a lot of you know when you're saying you were playing around the uk scene before you got into eminem you know at that point where you're trying to prove yourself there's a lot of hours there's a lot of effort you know there's a lot of dedication that's required to go in there and you know esports is is quite a new scene on the whole and i was just interested to know from yourself you know from somebody else from the uk as well and knowing what a lot of areas around the uk can be like and sort of the attitudes and opinions it's um you know more towards sort of pushing towards traditional careers and, and employment and things like that. How how did you find that with your family and friends? And you know, was it sort of a, a supportive or was it a little bit of a challenge for you? Um, it, it was a long time ago, to be honest. But uh, at the time, I was so I, I was working a bit. I was also studying university, um, and this was uh, through the Challenge League qualifiers. So, like, not in Challenge League, but like qualifying to get into Challenge League uh, with the Eminem team. Um, I remember I asked, um, like I, I, I just turned 18, like literally just turned 18. So I was still living at home and all that, um, ruled by the mother. And, uh, and, um, uh, I said to them, I, I want to quit my work and I want to drop out of university cause I just want to pursue this. Cause I really, it's just what I want to do. I'm hooked. You know, I, I really want to go for it. And, uh, I think my dad was like very kind of no, you can't do that. That's stupid. You need you need to stay. You're not going to make any money from this. Blah, 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 blah. But I think after we made Challenge League and I got like a pro contract, for example, to actually be paid like a monthly salary to play the game, it was seen as kind of like, okay, this is just a job pretty much. So my parents were like very 
uh, they were fine. Like um, my mum, my mum said, it's "Do what you want to do. It's you know, it's your life type of thing." And my dad said pretty much the same. But they both were like very, very supportive, um, which is like really good. And I'm really happy that they are, and they still are. Like they watch all my games right now. My dad's uh, always watching my game. My mum's watching them as well. So it's like really supportive that they are there just now. Um, and that's the same for my friends. They're also very, very supportive right now. At the time, they kind of like, what are you doing with yourself? You're just dropping out of work and all that. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, I think overall, I was very lucky. My family are very supportive and stuff and friends. I know for some people uh, in the pro scene, uh, it's a different story. But uh, for me, uh, pretty lucky. So yeah, it's funny because I'm by no means a pro, right? But when <clears> I used to play Benelux, no, no, I know. Don't worry. <laughs> no. But when I used to, play he's got Benelux, seven or eight Benelux trophies, like everybody else. Don't, don't even worry. have them. I'm not even <laughs> that. But it's like when I like when I was playing a lot of Siege. Um, my parents as well were like, "Oh, you need really need to be focusing on your uh, your school. You cannot just drop out. You're, like you're gaming way too much." Then I qualified for a land tournament, didn't win anything, but that's fine. But at that moment, we were like. Okay, I mean, he is going have some nice experiences. It might be okay to just mm-hmm. let him do what he does. And I mean, it's my job now, but in a different matter. I'm talking about the game because I'm nowhere nearly as gifted and as uh, skilled as many of the other players are. It's it's funny how that changes. Um, a question though: When you started to get into professional play, into competitive play, was there any players you idolized or you looked up to? Uh... Yes, actually, it's not. It's not like your usual. It's not your usual penguins or whatever for mm-hmm. me. Uh, the, I think the one player I really looked up to was uh, Eunice from the old Gifu yeah. uh, roster, who went on to Penta. Uh, I don't know. We were just really good friends uh, at the time. Uh, we played a lot together on like ranked and stuff. Just both of us, and uh, he was always like a really nice guy to me, especially when we went to these like dream hacks and LAN events. Uh, he he would always kind of talk to me and take me to a few Finnish parties or whatever that they had, um, but yeah, I really liked talking to him and I wish I wish he was still in the scene right now because he's he's long gone, but um, but I, I would say Eunice because he was a, he was like the best player at the time like by far he was like insane at the game he was so so good, and uh, I think he just was in my eyes like who I wanted to be so that's that's who I idolized. Yeah. And now uh, I just idolize myself. So, yeah. A true G2 player there. Speaking <laughs> you mentioned the Finnish parties. Have you also gone to a Finnish sauna? I know that's a giant culture there. I have. Yeah. Actually, I have a picture of uh, Kantraketi from Rogue. He, he's in the sauna in Sweden. Uh, like a big Finnish party, but we were in Sweden for the DreamHack. And he's sitting in the sauna in his full G2 kit. Like fully roasting, hoodie on. And all that, and he's sitting there just kind of looking at it. It's a funny picture. <laughs> so, yes, I have been to a finish song. <clears throat> I think Siege has got a lot to uh, thank Finland for, to be fair. <laughs> when, so. you, when you, you know, when you really look at it, I think back to <laughs> yeah. like, the old, you know, you mentioned Unicef, you think back to like the old Ents roster, you know, there's uh, an <clears throat> yep. awful lot. Well, keep yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. There's an awful lot came out of the uh, out of the sort of Finnish scene, really. Um, and they've always had good player numbers amongst the pros and everything else. So, you know that that leads us up to obviously joining Eminem. Okay, I remember the uh, the first um, land that you did. The it was an epic land down in Kidderminster, if I'm right. Um, you were yes, it was. <laughs> and I tell you what, I was impressed with Eminem um, as an org at that point because they had you know obviously for anybody you know most people watching probably aren't going to know what that is, but it was just a local land. It was literally a bring your own computer style thing. Um, but uh, there was a proper siege tournament running with a bit of prize money. Um, I was fortunate enough; it was one. 
of my first um, in-person casting gigs that I did. Um, it was quite a good footing for a lot of people, really. But Eminem turned up, I remember. Um, gig was a coach at the time. Um, and just... Everything about it was professional. It was like literally they turned up, they were taking photographs, putting Twitter posts out, like really on top of it. Um, and that mentality just seemed to really stick from there. Do you, do you think, you know, it was it was a, a great foundation? Um, for the organisation, you mean? For you as players, for the organisation, it's just something that really seemed to carry forward. Yeah, I think back then, like... Um you said it was a bring your own computer, you know, like and Eminem was an organization who did bring a, a computers for us. So that was like, obviously like, you know, that makes our lives easier. Uh, I didn't really want to bring my own computer. It's just too much hassle. Um, so like from there, they are or were a low tier organization at the time. And like for them to do that and the stuff, like you say, like photographs, like all this professionalism, it's like, that does show like a lot of commitment to the scene and stuff. And I think that has stuck like, with players, yeah, like I think I have quite a big social media uh, like presence and stuff. Maybe not so much professional, but <laughs> but I do have a social media presence. I guess I'm always putting pictures up and stuff, so it's like that's stuck. And for the organization, like the thing is, um, Eminem qualified for the Berlin Major like very recently. Um, and I seen that they they posted like a, a graphic. I don't know if you've seen it. Like yeah. they've qualified, and it was like a really nice kind of Berlin skylight with uh, you know with the whole team uh, like drawings above it. And like they've always been doing this stuff. I remember when we were in the team, they did the they did the poster with me, Citizen Saves, Kendrew, and Nello. I don't know if yeah, you remember. Yeah, I do remember. We all had like the the, the Mira the Mira yeah. card. You know, I was like holding this. I remember that. And they've always been that kind of organisation who do that. So, like, I think they are uh, definitely, like, a foundation of the UK UK scene. So, and it has stuck. You're right. So, it's good to see the type of stuff like that. I know, obviously, you know, nationals have been something that you've been quite heavily involved with as well, happen, you know, the Benelux region. Yeah. You know, how how do you think, um, and, and I'll, I'll sort of forward this question on to Doki after yourself as well. Um, you know, how important do you think those sort of regional competitions are for players to to get established and to get that experience and if for some players it's going to be their first taste of competitive right it's like a use of the organized tournament you have teams from pro league teams into the mix as well at some point and you get to have that first competition it's it i think it's incredibly important because a lot of these players and potentially teams get the opportunity to get themselves recognized by other teams like if if it's just ranked for example and tryouts not everybody people, can be spoiled. A lot of right? people will be going overlooked. Not everybody can be the number <laughs> one champion indeed. But when you have these competitions like Benelux, GSA, uh, NPL, or back then Yukin, and of course the uh, Nordic leagues, there is so much regional talent that shows up and gets recognized and gets a shot at potentially making it to one of those pro league teams. I, th- I think it's incredibly important. How, how did you find that, Doki? You know the process for yourself as a player. You've played on both sides of it, so you've, uh, you know, we've mentioned Vex, we've mentioned Eminem. You've been through that process of of being in there with newer teams and newer rosters. Um, you know, many of which the players have ended up in pro league. Players like Citizen along with you, but you've done it from the other side as well. You've played in the national leagues with a pro team when you've been on Navi as well. How how have you found mm-hmm. that experience? Uh, I think the first. Um, the first experience I had in the National Leagues is a bit different to what Hap was talking about because I didn't get like scouted for a pro league team or anything like that. We we grinded the whole National League into Challenger League into Pro League type of thing, you know, like as as one unit, as like one team. Um, but 
I I have seen like many players like back in uh, Navi, for example, we took Blur from watching him play in national leagues. We took Nathan from watching him play in national leagues. We took um, who else? Joe. Yeah. We used to have Joe in the team. Uh, like all of these players came from national leagues, uh, playing against us in the national league, so we could get a really good sense of like what type of player they are to play against. So it was like, really important to to play in these leagues. I know I know some players are saying that they don't want to play in these leagues because uh, they, they don't see it like worth it, worth it whatever. And I think that's absolutely nonsense because the amount of like uh, viewership that you get as an individual player for, for playing in these leagues, be it small or large, no matter how big it is, that uh, it's still a lot of traction on your kind of, your, your brand, your, your image and all that. And it's really important because like Hap said, you know, you can't just pick a player up off of ranked clips or tryouts and stuff like that. It's it's inappropriate. So actually seeing them perform in a like stressed competitive environment is really important for like pro teams wanting to pick up a lower tier player. And I think I think right now, like the teams in Europe that are going to make roster changes, the best decision they can possibly make is take an on a like a unexperienced player from from like a lower mm. league, uh, like you can because. I think a problem that Europe has in a whole right now is there's a bit too much experience on teams and not too much like fresh blood when you compare it to like other regions like Brazil and stuff. Like mm, you have teams yeah. W7M, W7M running around, like never heard any of these guys no. before. I mean, look at Fantasy coming into the area as well. He was exactly Fantasy so, yeah. uh, in Europe, Spoit and Benjamaster, you know, like these players have all came from unexperienced low teams and that I think is what we are going to see the trend uh, continue. Well, you look at Skiddy as well. You know, if we look at EUL, Skiddy's exactly the same position. Has come from a national league, hasn't had the Challenger League, yeah. the Tier Two experience, has just gone straight in, um, and has done fantastically well. And you know, obviously, and um, there's players like Deepak as well, yeah, somebody of course. that you know well, um, coming through to Rogue. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah. it's it's incredibly important. Like, you cannot just try and go for open qualifiers and then well of course you can there is but there's only one or two teams that will be able to do that so there's 10 players that can go through open qualifiers and make it to challenger league mm. potentially towards the european league after that there's a lot more spots if you look at all the nationals and try and make your way through there so you can really develop yourself as a player you get the opportunity to play against more experienced players and you get the vision like the viewership as doki said it's just like incredibly important that's an interesting point that you touch on there, Hap, as well, playing against the, the experienced players, the experienced teams. It was something that I've said a couple of times along the way, and it's interesting to have the opportunity to ask you, Doki, because you were basically in the position of doing it. But um, I'm thinking back to original UK Prem days, uh, you know, the UK Premiership, when we had Team Secret join uh, to begin with, and it was like a big thing. It was like, you know, should Team Secret be, be allowed to play in this league or not? Uh, you know, do you think that was... Again, a, a, you know, like a, a shaping experience for you that playing against those better teams helped you raise your game. Nah, absolutely. Um, I understand that people don't want to play against pro teams in a non-pro tournament. I understand that argument because it's annoying to lose to these pro teams. But if that's the only way you're looking at it, then I think you're looking at it totally wrong. Because if I was a tier three, tier two player, and I had the opportunity to play against the best teams in Europe. I would take that like any 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 day of the week, you know, because it's that that experience is just really good. And again, you can prove yourself way more against a pro team than you can against another lower lower division team. And uh, I had no problem playing against the higher tier teams when I was a lower tier player. And when I was in Navi playing in Yukon, I also thought it was enjoyable for me as like a player. It was good experience. It was good. Um, 
uh, it was good to play more officials outside of EUL and stuff. So um, I have no problem with that. I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, uh, you know, you, we've we've mentioned Navi a little bit. You spent quite a bit of time um, there with them recently, having moved, uh, as you say, about four months ago, moving over to G2, um, which has been, I think it's it's fair to say, uh, a high-profile move. Um, you know, you were already a big name at that point in terms of your performances at Navi and, you know, what we've seen you deliver for that team. Moving over to G2, did, did that sort of carry any pressure with it? You know, going back in with, you know, big names like, you know, Citizen, Alamo, Virtue, Prano, you know, a lot of big names there. Um, how, how did you feel about that switch? Um, I, I didn't feel nervous, like, playing with other big name players, not at all. Um, to me, they're all my friends, you know, I know these guys well, uh, especially Ben, Citizen. Um, but uh, I, I do think um, the thing I was worried about was like making that new bond with the team because I've been in Navi for so long I didn't have to do it mm. you know we replaced a player every now and then that was just one player you had to get in the mix but um when G2 it was like five new players who hadn't played together really apart from Jake and uh, Virtue and Citizen sorry I'm on first name basis I'm, I'm, it's, you I'm know cool big like players that. it's not you know it's not a big <laughs> sorry, deal Doc, sorry. it's not a big deal um um but yeah, I was really worried about the bond. Like, if maybe these guys weren't as you know friendly, or whatever. It's my previous experience in Navi, and I think that was the case for a little while. It was hard to get used to it, but right now, like, I'm loving it. A really good, really good connection right now. So, do you think the early boot camp that Cheetu's given you um, helps with that early bonding? Uh, probably yeah. the answer is going to be yes. But it's like often teams make these changes and. I don't really see anything on, on like socials about them going to a boot camp right after the changes come through. But I think that's an incredible, important thing because you'll be spending most of your days for the, couple, the, the next couple of months together. So it's better to just bond from the get-go, I would assume. Yeah, exactly. Um, when G2 provided the boot camp for us, I thought it was really good because not only could we practice with each other and just knock out all of our issues right away and just you know get straight to work, but like after practice finished, you know, we went out for dinner every night together. We went to the bars together, like all all, all this stuff, you know, like we, we just hung out together, like the six of us, the seven of us, whatever, how many there are. Then was, one gets added every day, it seems, in G2, just a new member, get thrown in the mix. Um, but uh, it, it's good just to mix and just get to know your team, not only the players, but your coach, your manager, you know, like your all, all this stuff. I remember... Uh, Carlos, the uh, CEO of G2, uh, when we arrived, he took us out all out for a big dinner and just basically gave us the rundown of like the team and like, how it works and all that. And I found that very, very, you know, professional and also like kind of family like. It was really good to kind of see. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned there a little bit as well, Doki, and it's um, a point that I'm interested in. So you were on Na'Vi and obviously saw a few roster changes, um, but you were the established player there. People were coming in and sort of having to, to fit in with you to a degree and get used to how the team does things. How how different has the process been the other way now that you've done it and you, you know, you've had to be the new face coming into a team? Um, obviously, it's a bit different, but... Um... At the same time, uh, I don't think that necessarily is the case. I think all the players that joined G two, they kind of they chose the players for a reason, because they do fit. Like for example, me and Citizen, I know him very well. Like we play together very, very well, and um, I, I think I think the whole 
team accepted everyone when they joined the team and built the team around them instead of trying to fit people in like with other people's playstyles. And I think that probably was a reason why we kind of underperformed a little bit towards the start. Um, and even the start of stage two, while we were playing bad, uh, was was because we hadn't found our kind of our playstyle yet or how we're going to fit. But right now, I think like we have everyone in the right role and right position and stuff. And it's really it really has just clicked like overnight. One day, it really did just click and. I don't see that. I don't see that failing anytime soon, and um, especially if we don't if we keep the work work up that we're in right now. You and Citizen um, have played together for a long time, as you say, uh, <coughs> you know, right through Eminem, Navi. What what were the feelings for you of of being able to team back up with with Ben? Was it something that you'd wanted to do for a long time? Was it you know you'd been sort of just waiting for the opportunity? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think so. Um, because when he left, it was like um, I wasn't in the team at the time. I was uh, unable to play. Um, but w- w- when he when he left Navi, I remember it was kind of like ah, like damn, this is like, really bad. You know, like I was looking forward to playing again with him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and I wasn't able to do that for another two years because he was in G two. So the fact that I got another chance to do it right now is like really good because I've always thought we played really well together. Like I always thought we dominated like games together when we played so um i i wouldn't say i was like aiming to do it i think if i stayed in navi we would have tried probably to maybe get him as well i don't know um <clears throat> but right now uh in g2 like i'm happy that happy that we're back together the duo's back so the geo's back but started the first stage was a bit rocky started second stage a bit rocky you made it to charlotte though so you made it to a major right away was it the eventual goal? Um, like, was that like always the aim? Like, we know we are going to be top four this first stage, or was it? Let's just see how we roll into the year. If we miss that first one, that's not a big deal as long as we're there for the second and third. I, I mean, I, we we said like we should make the major. Like, realistically, we should just make the major. Like, we should be able to like outplay majority of teams to get the top floor, uh, top four. Sorry, floor. Um, but. Uh, as a goal, when we formed the G2 team, we said, guys, the goal is to go to the SI. That's it. Like Our goal is SI at the end of the year. Uh, and then once we get to the SI, we'll work on winning it <laughs> or we'll work on playing it well, you know. Uh, but the goal the goal is to get to the SI. Uh, the majors are a bonus. Like Obviously, you need the majors to get to SI, but you know, the, the majors are a bonus along the way. They went an individual goal. It was SI, and that's still the goal today. Like I'm happy I made the Berlin major. Uh, very happy, obviously, but SI is the goal. Just very briefly coming back to Citizen as well, something else I wanted to ask. I saw a couple of tweets from Citizen um, and he's had a bit of a joke that he was going to unleash you in the last game. And, uh, you know, he's tweeted about that. What What's the relationship like between you in-game? How, you know, do you genuinely have that opportunity to work closely together? Because obviously Citizen's doing his lurking flex thing and, you know, you're on the entry. You know, how, how much interaction do you realistically have in the game? How, how much can you impact on each other's performances? I, I think it is a lot because it's, it's completely map-dependent and situation-dependent, but... Um, Citizen is now the kind of IGL of our team, yeah. so he's always telling me where to go, what to do, and I'm just listening. We're always we're always at each other's necks <laughs> or at each other's throats because me and Citizen are two very. I think we're quite similar when it comes to personality. We're all, we're quite stubborn, the both of us. You know, we want to have our say, uh, so so we're always arguing and button heads. But 
it's a good thing because it's, it, it answers a lot of questions and like we get, always get the best the best solution out of every problem because we have multiple people getting involved in it. So uh, we, we do we do play together in game like a lot because especially on defense, like we're playing a similar role. We're just running around together pretty much, just be the lunatics. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, we, we we are pretty close. We've mentioned the Charlotte major. Um, you didn't perform. Terribly, got out of the group, second place to, to BDS, um, and then lost to Liquid ultimately. Um, but I think you know it's fair to say anybody can lose to Team Liquid on the day in a, a best of three knockout. It's it's just how it goes. Was it a little bit of a surprise, maybe coming into stage two and, and the poor start that you've had there? Was that a bit of a shock to the team? Were you maybe expecting a little more on the back of the line, or or was it actually not too much of a surprise for you guys? The thing is, at Charlotte, we had a lot of problems, internal problems, um, and I really, really thought, like, I, I'm just going to be honest about it, I really thought after Charlotte, like, the team would kind of, like, explode type of thing because individuals weren't clicking. We had a lot of problems with, um, like, people not working well with other people, and it was, like, really, really bad. Uh, and I think G2 were worried as well because, you know, no one wants to see this in a new team and stuff. Uh, and so we had a boot camp after Charlotte to prepare for stage two. Uh, we fixed a lot of our problems partially um, and things were looking good. Like things were looking pretty good. Um, but I think after, like, a- after like, stage two started, the, the issues started kind of creeping back a little bit. Uh, and that's when we decided to make some drastic changes to the way we play. Like uh, we put, Citizen on the IGL role, for example, halfway to the stage because things just really weren't working. We changed uh, Jake to, or we changed Virtue to our like vertical player, like because we didn't have that before. Uh, we put we put Alamo on the role that he's comfortable on. We put Prano in more of a kind of luck role, which is just in, empowering him a bit more. I kind of stayed the same, but we I we, we kind of swapped the roles about and put people where we thought they need to be. Uh, I don't know why we didn't do that before. I think it's because when the team formed, we got players to play roles maybe that they weren't the best at. And now we've kind of found that uh, that groove where everyone is just enjoying their role, playing their role like to the top. And uh, it, it really has clicked, like I said. So um, Charlotte was a complete wake-up call, I think. And that is why our performance was bad at the beginning of this stage. And I really am proud the guys were able to turn it around because I think that is quite quite impressive, you know. Who took the lead in um, getting these issues sorted? Was it a team effort or was it one person that truly stepped up and realized, hey, guys, we we need to be working at these things because otherwise it's going to go down south real quick. Is it Shas? Is it one of the players in G2 itself? Or is it everybody coming to the conclusion at the same time? Just, just wondering what the exact process um, was. We got a new manager in uh, called Luca. Uh, he's uh, our new manager. Uh, he's fully focused on the Rainbow Six team, uh, and he's been really helpful. He's kind of like another coach. He's always uh, watching scrims and having his involvement, you know, telling people to calm down or whatever, you know. Um, so I, I'd say he's probably a big part of it. He, he's definitely helped. Um, but I, I would say as a bit of everybody, Shaz as well, like just contributing their thoughts and stuff. But I, I do think the main people to, to turn this season around is the players. Like, I, I really do believe that the reason we turned it around is because we wanted to. You know, we didn't just give up. I do think that uh, Citizen took a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. He put the whole weight of the team on his shoulders and he's really 
he's walked, you know, he's he's led, he's led with it, and it's working really well right now. So I do always want to praise him. You know, I think it's important to praise your teammates when they do something great. Uh, and I think Alamal as well, he's became more of a shot caller leader in the team, which is just, you know, when, when we're at a slump, you need people to step up, and that's exactly what exactly what they did. So just a, a whole team effort, really. I think looking towards that improvement as well, you know, we've seen it over the last couple of weeks. It's, it's been obvious for us to see. Um, and it's been good to see, you know, as we always say, as I said, I think I said it after week three or four, you know, we don't like, um, I personally as a caster, I don't like to see a team struggling. I don't want to see a team, you know, throwing everything at something and not getting the results. It's, you know, I, I'd much rather see everybody just, just playing well and looking to beat each other. Um, the mentality, you know, I'm sure has been more and more positive as the stage has gone on. What was the, what was, I mean, it's one of the best stories we've had in EUL, I think, ever. What was the belief like in actually making the Berlin major? Because I believe at a point, <laughs> at a point, G2 had a 4% chance statistically of making it based on all results, everything else. Um, you know, what was the belief like as the weeks have gone on? I said I said last night before the game, uh, like we do a thing in G two, like before every official game, one player different every week needs to kind of give a motivational speech, or whatever. And I said last night, I said, guys, I, I'm so proud of all of you, blah 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 blah. I'm really proud. Uh, I don't really care if we win tonight. Let's just go and have some fun. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I said because uh, because in in my eyes, making the major is great, right? You win, you make the major. You lose, you get to focus more on the team and prepare for the next stage. So in, I'm balancing both, you know, in, in my head. Um, but during during the stage, when we started crawling back, winning game after game after game, we were kind of like, there's no way, right? There's, there's no way we actually going to make the match. <laughs> well, to be fair, like, we were saying the same. We saying as well. It's like, oh, well, surely over. not. And, and I remember every play day, Alamo was kind of like, guys, we can make the major if we do this, we do this. And the rest of us were just like, shut up. <laughs> so uh, so uh, it's a bit fun in games, but we're happy to be here. You know, we just, we literally just took a game, at, a game at a time. Like yesterday when we played Heroic, um, when we were, uh, if we won the game and we were qualified for the major, like we were just looking to win the game. You know, we, if the results that came after it were whatever. Major or not, um, we were just looking to win the game. So, and that's the mentality we went into it. I, I tweeted yesterday saying, "Playing heroic tonight, absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. So, bring it on." And I think that pressure really got to them. Really, really got to them because uh, they they obviously had to win the game. They had yeah, to win yeah. that match. So, uh, well, anything so, uh, would have done for heroic. Literally a one point if, uh, they'd, well, if they'd have got to overtime. Yeah. It, it was literally yeah, yeah. anything for them. Well, they they had they had to, they had to do well. Yeah, they had to they do had well to, in, in the yeah. game. So. And that that is pressure on it. You don't you don't want to be in that situation. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. Closing that last one out, that last point is often uh, what it's we the hardest one. Struggle. I mean, we saw with Eminem as well. They they struggled right the on wire. that last play, like, last two play days to even get six rounds together. Um, but you qualify for Berlin now, and you've just had Charlotte. Um, what are the key learnings that you'll be taking from the Charlotte major over to Berlin to outperform your current quarters appearance? I think um, make sure the issues at Charlotte don't creep back, um, and, and we just stick as a unit. You know, we really want to be a, be a unit. Um, every aspect of what the word team means, we want to show. Just be there for each other, and we really do want to have fun playing. Like we want to enjoy it, because I think that is when you play the best. The best siege is when you're motivated and enjoying the game that you're playing. Uh, it, it's not just you know, 
you got to win this game or you're going to lose a few, you're going to get knocked in the tournament if you lose this game. I think I, I don't think we're too bothered about that. I think we're just going to play each game. We have a strong group, uh, a fun group as well. It's going to have some nice rivalries in it with the Brazilians and the Super. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just looking forward to it, man. Honestly, it's just going to be fun and just going to, again, take it game by game. So... I, yep. I mean, in a in a way, it must feel like a little bit of a bonus. You know, you've you probably, like you said, you've got to a point in the stage where you think, nah, we're not going to the major. We're not going to make this one. Yeah. You then, you know, and I want to really stress this. You know, you guys should be really proud of the accomplishment of, of what you've done because it is, and I said it last night on, on the broadcast, and I'll say it again until probably until the day I'm done. It is one of the biggest turnarounds that we've seen inside of Siege. You know, we've seen big individual game turnarounds. You know, we all remember the the SI finals that we've seen along the way where, you know, they've been won over. We all remember Team 1 overcoming Cyclops in Mexico. You know, all those sorts of things. But this is right up there with them. The turnaround is huge. And it must yeah. give you a real big boost going into Berlin. Like, it's almost a bit of a freebie, a bit of a bonus. What like, armor? Yeah, you know, whatever <laughs> happens here. But looking at your group specifically, uh, you've mentioned there a couple of rivalries you've got. Face Sonics and Sandbox in there with you. That's going to be Group B. Um, realistically, how are you feeling about it? I mean, there there are some big challenges in there. Yeah, I think every team in there is very good. Uh, even Sandbox, I think they're probably underestimated a little bit because of their previous performances at the uh, SI and stuff. Um, but there's no, you know, there's no easy game in that group. Uh, I'm excited to play Sonics and Phase. Uh, you know they're two of the best teams in their region right now, uh, and especially in Sonic Super announcing his retirement, like he'll be given all this tournament, so like it's not going to be you know any easy foe. Um, I think Alamal is excited to play Phase. He thinks Phase are the best team in the world right now, uh, and he says if you beat Phase, you win the major. Pretty sure he said that at uh, Charlotte about Liquid as well. So that I'm work. pretty sure Al- um, every time I win. speak to Alamal, he says similar things about Brazilian teams. My God, he's always like, guys, if we beat these guys, we win the major. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. No worries, no worries. Keep it easy. But um, I think we can get out of groups in that group. I really do. Uh, if we keep up the process we're doing right now, we'll just keep improving. Uh, and I, I honest, honestly, we said it last night in the group chat. We don't usually say, like, oh, we think we can win the major or whatever. We think we can do that. But if we keep, if, if, big if, we keep the work we're doing right now, we can win the major. There's, there's no question about it because... I just don't see, uh, I, I just don't see a team being able to beat us if we keep what we're doing, and that is a big ask to to keep the process up. But I'm just saying, like that's how confident I am in, in the process we have right now and the the theory and stuff we're doing, is that I I just don't see a situation where uh, we could be bested like before the game begins, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like um, when you're looking at a group and you're like, oh, phase, they're just better than us. Like that, that there's going to be a really tough game. I don't ever see that situation happen. If we play the game and the best is inside of it, fair enough. But um, there's no group, there's no team in that group that I am worried about at all right now. I'm just really looking forward to play at our home home ground in Berlin, right next to the office. Well, that's it. It's uh, worth mentioning. Obviously, you know, all the players have spent a bit of time there. Um, do, do you think it adds to the comfort level? You're just going to, like, you know, obviously there's a lot of teams that are going to have to travel from around the world. You know, we saw Heroic's travel problems last time and how it affected them in Charlotte and... Other teams are going to have to go through that. They've got long journeys. They've got to get settled in Berlin. Do you think there's a, maybe a, 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 only a small one, but maybe a little bit of an advantage in you just being comfortable I mean, straight away? 
I mean, first of all, uh, uh, Virtue and Alamo won't need to stay at the hotel because their apartment exactly. is 20 metres away. Yeah. So they can stay in their big apartment. I might even stay there as well. I don't know. Uh, you know, we have access to the boot camp whilst we're at the major throughout the day if we want it. You know, we can just go. It's right there. Uh, and the most important thing is, is I know we're all the good food places and the bars that's are. the key so that's i don't need key. to i don't need to that, look you have the mental just, advantage over an either because they always struggle in europe it's always about food, the food right so and we you know, know the lack single but you know it's always about the food <laughs> you know exactly where to you, go you can bribe them as well at that point like let me tell you if you guys end up going i don't know what's going on but right next to where the major venue is there is a um there is like a vietnamese food restaurant right on the river my god my god, it's very good. You need to go there and wait for it right across the road. Vegan donuts, very good, very, very good. They're brilliant. So I'll keep them both uh, in mind. But it is it's an interesting point mind. because obviously we you know we do see it every time for tournaments, depending where we are in the world. Different teams have different journeys, they have different experiences, and sometimes it does impact them in terms of whether it's time zone. We've yeah. all joked about M M&M and the ten AM games at SI and you know but these things do <laughs> have impacts on teams and it, it is a fast honestly, you know, I I'll lay it out. I would absolutely love to see you guys win the major. Uh just the story of coming back from yeah. the start that you've had. Um I'd love to see you back on top. I supported NA at SI, so I won't have any claims of bias, thank you very much. Um you know I love to see, I, I don't. NA has had its time now. The jokes have been about EU, and I'll say the same thing I said about NASI. I said we've had enough jokes about NA now. I'd like to see them win so we can put that to bed. And the same for EU. We've heard about it now. Okay, EU feel like they've been a little bit behind. Let's have a win now and let's flip it on its head again. And so you know, I'd absolutely love to see it. Um, but looking around the rest of the groups, we've got the other groups as well now. Who? You know, are there any teams in particular that you're looking at that you've got one eye on thinking maybe it'd be better to avoid them until the final? I know that you'll say that you've got to beat everybody and I know that you'll be confident that you can beat everybody. But, uh, you know, who, who do you think are the strong teams? Yeah, probably FaZe, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but I think we're going to play them first game, so... <laughs> oh, well. Um, but uh, I'd say FaZe are looking really good right now. I, I also think when you mentioned Europe, I think Europe's teams that have arrived through the major have one of the best chances of winning it mm. that we have had for a while, you know. Um, BDS not being there is a bit of a shock, but uh, I think Wolves are playing really good right now. Um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to play them. I really hate playing them. Um, so, yeah, I'd say FaZe, Wolves. Um, just trying to think some of the any teams... Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure Sonics <laughs> okay yeah Astralis as well I think they are looking really good yeah yeah Exit and Oxygen yeah them, they are also kind of teams that are just so spontaneous just the, difficult to judge you know what I mean on, on game day so how do you feel about Dan Wonk uh, here though okay I've been I've been touting Dan Wonk here for a little while and I'm two so, years now you've been. <laughs> I've been backing him and I've I, I think that we were going to see a good performance out of them this major, if I'm honest. They've, they bring they've, played, well, food they've well. played well in stage two, and I feel like they're coming in looking good. Well, they were in our group at SI when I was in Navi, uh, and I was a bit wary playing them because they were just destroying everybody mm. else in our group, just walking through them. I remember we played them and we uh, we won one map 7-3, I think, and then lost the second map 8-6 or something. So like, I think individually I'm quite good at playing them. I don't know. I played really well in that game, I remember. So 
I actually like to get a rematch against them. I really like the guys in that team. They're funny. Yeah. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to play them. And you know what? I, for the sake of APAC, I do hope they do well because I think they are one of the top contenders, if only contender from APAC that can compete in the, the global stage. But that might be a bit rude. I think I think other teams like CAG and stuff are very good, but their play style is a bit too spontaneous to consistently work. I think Dan One have a good a good lock on it. So, yeah. Uh, I think they'll do well. I, think, I agree with you in that one. What are your thoughts about APAC? Obviously, I'm excited to well see Anagiri on land again. Yeah. Managed to uh, equalize the kill record with, was it eight different guns or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Playing with the yeah. MK14, shredding through everybody there. Sandbox um, can't be written off either. We've seen no. them have no, a couple no. of roster changes and a real improvement in stage two. Yeah, no, definitely so. And and I mean, we keep on saying this about APAC. Of course, we have a small bias because we cast them as well as one we love of the it, re- regions we do. Um, but I mean, that one Kia before, they were one round away from making it to the grand final in yeah. Sweden. That that would have been the best ever result that APAC would have been able to put on the board. Um, had a bit of a slip up, let's say, for the Charlotte qualification with the playoffs there. So yeah. I'm glad that we see them again. I really hope they do well. Um, and maybe make it to a final. It would be great to have an APAC team in the finals. I think it's important as well for the region. Mm. I, yeah. You mentioned that Dan Wonky affairs game. I've, I've been asked quite a few times recently. It's, I mean, we get asked occasionally, what's the best game you've ever cast? I've been asked quite a lot recently, and I genuinely think that probably is it. I mean, I've got three or four that I always list, but... When people say, what's the best game you didn't cast, that's the game I yeah, give. It was like, that's the game I really wanted to unbelievable. do. Unbelievable. That 1v1 at the end... And I, I knew that Souls was going to win it because he does, because that's <laughs> what he does in he clutches up. That's what Souls does. Um, but yeah, absolutely unbelievable. But I think that's um, about going to wrap it up for us, Dorky. Thank you very much for taking the time um, to spend with us today. It's been an absolutely fascinating discussion with you. Um, a great insight into pro play, the path you know that you've taken to get there, and maybe the the trials and tribulations along the way, but also the uh, the sort of rising positivity and success of the current roster with G2 and uh, the story continues as it is at the minute and hopefully we're going to see it continue long into uh, long into the Berlin Major um, which is going to be the next tournament up for you so thank you very much for joining us Hap as well and that's going to wrap it up for us on the Prep Phase podcast brought to you by Predator Gaming and we will see you next time deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.